we're a startup right now that's growing, that's hiring. And the people that we bring on now are really going to be the foundation for the people that we bring on later. And so if we can get culture right, if we can get that family environment right now, then it's going to set us up really well for the future. You know, focus on that. Focus on just getting the right people on board because that's 90% of it right there. It's the first time I've heard that advice. It's something you wouldn't think about. Getting the right people on board, a lot of that stuff will follow, right? So, I mean, you know, we have a saying in Smart Charge. Hi there. This is the SolidWorks Born to Design podcast, a collection of inspiring stories about those who create, build, invent, and engineer new ideas into actual new products. And by the way, they all use SolidWorks. I'm your host, Cliff Medling, and this episode of the Born to Design podcast is titled, The Most Important Part of a Startup. Today, I'm talking with Josh Aviv, the CEO of Spark Charge. Josh took his idea, which he came up with in college, and turned it into a quickly growing business. Josh has some great advice for any young entrepreneur, and it might surprise you what his keys to success are. So let's jump right into my interview with Josh. Absolutely. So name is Josh Aviv. Uh, my title is CEO, and the company that I run is called SparCharge. Uh, we make portable charging stations that can be delivered to electric vehicle owners anytime and anywhere they want. That's awesome. So how did that idea come up? So um, the original idea came up, I was taking a professor's class at Syracuse University, and the professor was talking about how clean tech and clean energy would change the world, and how if you want to change the world, um, clean tech and electric vehicles was something you should really look into. And so I started you know, spending some office hours with them and kind of learning about the electric vehicle market, and I realized that there was a really big gap and flaw in the way that our infrastructure was being built. So what I decided to do was try to solve that problem. Um, originally, you know, our company was focused on uh, installing charging stations across the thruway. And I realized that the way that the infrastructure was being built out didn't really make a lot of sense. And that if you really want to change the electric vehicle industry, you needed to make charging more accessible and you needed to make it more on demand. And so I started building my own portable charging station that could essentially go in the trunk of an electric vehicle and be delivered to an EV owner. Okay. Okay. And uh, business going well? Business right now is going well. Can't yeah, complain. That's great. That's awesome. Can't complain. We're working with some really amazing partners in the automotive industry. Um, and probably in the next like 90 or so days, um, we're going to be able to like release and tell people, some of the people that we're working with and um, EV owners themselves will be actually be able to use the technology uh, for the first time ever. There's never been an experience like it in the automotive industry for electric vehicles where an EV owner can really take their phone out and at the push of a button have range brought to them on the spot. There's got to be some other companies taking a look at this, right? Because as you said, you're your professor. It's, it's definitely a necessary uh, need out there, right? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of car companies that need the technology that we're bringing to market. Um, we've seen, man, just, you know, shocking amount of interest in our technology, a shocking amount of interest in the way that we want to bring the technology to market. And so there's clearly a lot of interest there, and we're really excited to actually bring it to market. Uh, work with these OEMs, work with these car companies, work with these roadside companies to really fulfill the needs of electric vehicle owners and help the electric vehicle market grow. So you had this idea, right? And how did you get started? How did you know where to begin? How did you know who to bring on board to help you out? So, I mean, I was really fortunate that I came up with the idea in college. So there were a lot of, Syracuse University is, you know, very well known for its entrepreneurial program. So I had the pleasure of working with Blackstone Launchpad. Um, I had the pleasure of working with some of the faculty in Whitman. I had the pleasure of working with some of the faculty um, in Maxwell, a couple of schools there. Um, but really having you know, great mentors at the college level, kind of getting 
uh, the way I like to put it, our rocket ship kind of assembled so that we would be really successful as we grew and as we scaled and as we went, you know, looking to build a team. Um, having great mentors like Linda Hartsock and Blackstone Launchpad really kind of like guide us in the right direction from a very young and early stage startup to the point where we even where we're at now was very helpful. Um, the partnerships that we've had at Syracuse University with uh, the Syracuse COE, Ed Bogish and Tammy and Chetna and Carrie, Tim Labresh even, introducing us to engineering talent, introducing us to people who could you know, help the company move forward. That was extremely helpful. And those connections that they made um, eventually helped lead to our team forming. So when we think about my co-founder, Christopher Ellis, uh, we were introduced through a mutual friend. And that mutual friend uh, introduced us. And then Chris uh, knew another person, Richard Whitney, who said, hey, this guy would be really amazing to come join your team. And he became our third co-founder. And so when you really think about it, it's you know, this, this journey of from ideation all the way to team building, all the way to scale, um, and now basically gearing up for product launch. Um, there's a host of people that have really like, gathered around Spark Charge and helped to get to where it's at. That's great. So it sounds like you had a lot of great people who come to help you out. So they really saw mm -hmm. the value in your idea. They Definitely. really saw that there was something that this had value that for the market. And you think you, so they really jumped on board to help you out. Absolutely. So, so with that, what advice, what would you do differently? Or, or what advice would you give to another entrepreneur or Josh of, of four or five years ago? Absolutely. I would say, you know, if I had said this to myself, you know, a couple of years ago, um, that version of myself would be like, you're crazy. But I would say, you know, be patient. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, continue to um, move as fast as possible. <laughs> um, you know, but I would say, you know, some of the things that, um, you know, the entrepreneur in me, even a year ago or two years ago, would, you know, say, oh, well, that's, you know, that might be a problem. The entrepreneur in me now is like, you know, dude, that's not even a big deal. Um, so I think, you know, be patient, um, you know, move, move as fast as possible, um, continue to focus on building a family. And I would even say, you know, be, you know, be even more cautious about the people that you like, you know, that you try to bring on. Right. So try to continue to build that family and pay even more attention to like culture and the way that you're team building and the way that you're going about team building. Um, I think that would, you know, I'd definitely say that too. I think right that's now. an excellent point because you, you definitely seem like you've brought along the right people mm -hmm. involved in this process. And so, yeah, you're not thinking about building a culture. You're just trying to get a product at the door. So that's a great point, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, at Spark Charge, you know, we always like to say whenever we bring somebody on, it's like, you know, it's not welcome to the team, it's welcome to the family. Um, we're a startup right now that's growing, that's hiring, and the people that we bring on now are really going to be the foundation for the people that we bring on later. And so if we can get culture right, if we can get that family environment right now, then it's going to set us up really well for the future. And so, you know, in asking, you know, what would you say to your younger self, I would say, you know, focus on that. Focus on just getting the right people on board because that's 90% of it right there. Really? Yeah. So, that, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, but that's the first time I've heard that advice, and I think it's, yeah. I think it's really valuable. I think it's that's extremely, good, extremely yeah. valuable. Yeah, it's, it's something you wouldn't think about because you're, like, wanting to get the right technology on board. You're trying to get the other stuff. But, yeah, yeah that culture. Getting the right people on board, a lot of that stuff will follow, right? So, I mean, you know, we have a saying in Spark Charge where it's like, you know, you should really want to wake up every day and be excited about coming in and working with the people that you're going to work with. You know, it shouldn't be a day where you're like, oh, you know, I got to go in and see this guy or I got to go deal with that guy. It should be, you know, like, I, I want to be here. I want to work because when times get hard, when there's a challenge that needs to be, you know, solved and things and problems that need to be solved, 
Um, it's coming together as a team and working together and wanting to work together and sharing ideas and being inclusive that's really going to help you get over that problem or find a solution to that problem. And if it's more of like every man for himself because, you know, this guy is smart and, or this guy wants to, you know, be a lone wolf or some things like that, then a lot of times you're not going to get the benefit of that, like, team and of that family culture. You're not going to be able to solve those problems as quickly. Uh, that's, uh, uh, that's great advice. I, I'm, I'm very impressed, Josh. Um, especially you, you're a young guy to figure out this culture and this I'm family. Old. Yeah. <laughs> well, trust me, I turned 50 this year, so it's, oh, well, yeah, you, yeah. You, got, you got nothing on me. Uh, uh, so, but, but that's, that's, that's amazing that you recognize that the culture was a big part of it. Yeah. So, so, so I, I'm, I'm just curious more about the culture. How do you, how do you try to mold or develop that culture in, in the work environment there? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a couple of things. Uh, number one is really, you know, it comes down to the hiring process. So, you know, is your hiring process focused on, you know, talent and skills? Can this person do this task? Or is it focused more on, okay, you know, does this person have the ability or potential to do this task? And do they fit in well with the culture? Um, you know, one of the questions that we always, you know, we joke around and we always ask is, you know, hey, would you take the trash out? And, you know, we've never asked anybody to take the trash out. Um, but it's a really interesting question that really shows uh, where people's mindset is when it comes to team building. Um, some people, you know, say, oh, well, that's not, you know, my job. And, you know, that lets you know, okay, well, you're more focused on the title and the position and things like that. And some people say, yeah, if, you know, if the team's working on it, then I'm in. Um, and that's really the type of people that we want. So I think you can weed a lot of people out just by, like, fine-tuning your interview process, um, asking questions that, you know, are still technical, but are more focused on figuring out what motivates that person and why that person really wants to join a startup. When it comes to hiring at startups, one of the things that you hear a lot of, hear, you hear a lot of people say is, oh my gosh, I really want to join a startup. But you know, get them in an interview room for 15 minutes and ask the right questions and you'll really see where their heart is and whether it's not they want to join a startup or they like the idea of joining a startup because it's somehow sexy or it's somehow appealing to them, the idea or notion of joining a startup. But in reality, you know, startups can be fun, they can be sexy, they can be awesome, but there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Uh, absolutely. I know it's, uh, I have kids in high school and uh, everybody says, what do you want to do when uh, you get out of school? Oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's, a it's a popular word but these days. <laughs> but, but, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think any of them know, you know, what it takes. It, it takes a yeah. lot of work, yeah. It takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of sacrifice, and um, I, we hear that all the time, you know, oh, I want to work for a startup. And, it, I think when I think you've, it's so hard to kind of boil down. Well, that's what this means, right? You know, the, the choice. You know, to be an entrepreneur, that's what this means because um, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of sacrifice. Um, you're gonna, you know, constantly be busy. Uh, you're gonna con sometimes you're gonna constantly be traveling. You're not gonna be able to see loved ones and things like that. Because I mean, as an entrepreneur, your goal should be to better the world. Your goal should be to bring forth a product or solve a problem or have a solution to or have a solution to a problem that makes the world a better place. That's the only reason that people will buy something genuinely. You need to solve a problem for someone. And a lot of times when you're trying to solve a problem for someone or when you're trying to solve a problem for an industry or trying to solve a problem for a market, um, that's not the easiest thing to do and it's not the quickest thing to do and it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of like reiteration and things like that and so I always think it's funny when people say oh I want to become an entrepreneur it's like great well what problem are you going to solve and like are you committed for the next you know three to five maybe eight years 
to actually solve that problem because it might be you know two or three years before you even get your first iteration or product out the door and it might not be what you think it is and it might not be what people want by the time you get at the door so like how how you know invested are you into truly becoming an entrepreneur how invested are you into truly solving the problem that you say you want to solve that's a great point that's a great point but i but i love that i, I love the uh the culture that you've uh, I want to come see. I want to come uh, visit the company, see, visit they, see, see, see the culture in firsthand. So we've, we've got offices in uh, Somerville and Buffalo. In Buffalo, so. oh Buffalo, okay. I, I thought you guys were just Somerville. Excellent. So when you come with the idea, I mean, I, I'm sure there was some hurdles in there. But when did you feel like you had, you had something? You, you really started uh, had something that, that was sellable, that it was clicking, and and. Um, you're feeling the need out there. Absolutely. So, I mean, it really came through trial and error. We didn't get it right on our first time. Um, we, you know, every, it, it took, you know, a couple of iterations and doing a couple of different business models. Um, and what really clicked was, you know, when we, we started moving towards working towards OEMs and working with companies, we realized that their need for our product was like massive. Their need for our product was huge. And they're willing to work with us immediately on it. I feel like I've answered a lot of questions. What did I not ask? What, what's the question you get that I? I, I no, I think I think you I think you hit on all of them. Um, appreciate you appreciate you having me. Oh no, show. Josh, this uh, is we, great. Um, we're looking forward to taking the stage tomorrow and pitching at the 3D Shark Tank um, here at SolidWorks World. Um, we'd like to give a big thanks to um, all of our mentors and investors, everybody at Blackstone Launchpad, Linda and Braden, um, Alex and Lauren, uh, and the 43 North staff out in Buffalo. Um, all the staff at in Somerville at Greentown Labs, um, you know, we wouldn't be here uh, without them. So that's great. It's a great journey. And and how long have you guys been a part of the uh, SolidWorks Entrepreneurship Program? When did that start? Uh, about a year ago. Okay, a year ago. About good, a year good. Ago, yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So, hopefully, all the iterations were great after you started <laughs> using SolidWorks, right? Yeah. It made them a lot simpler. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening today, and remember that if you are an entrepreneur or looking to start your own business and would like to use SolidWorks for designing innovative products as Josh has, please note that we offer special pricing with our SolidWorks Entrepreneurship Program. Just go to SolidWorks.com entrepreneur. Also, to learn more about Josh and SparkCharge, go to SparkCharge.io. We'll be back again soon with more great Born to Design podcast stories at SolidWorks.com slash podcast or wherever podcasts are readily available. Until then, keep innovating. I really hope that what you heard today has inspired you. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, search for the Born to Design podcast, and leave a five-star review so that this podcast will be recommended to more people, helping us expand the Born to Design community. Thank you.